You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a podcast that's all about supporting parents as they bring up children. We've got experts and advice to help you through the more challenging bits of parenting. I'm Siobhan Hunt. Parenting during a pandemic can be tricky, whether you're in lockdown or you're just being careful. Who can your kids play with? Who's able to care for them when you're at work? Co-parenting can add yet another layer of complexity to an already complex situation, especially if you don't have the same level of vigilance or fear as your former partner. Elizabeth Shaw is the CEO of Relationships Australia, New South Wales. Hi, Elizabeth. How are you? Hi, Siobhan. I'm well, thank you. How are your services going during the pandemic? It's been going now for half the year. What kind of problems are people coming to you with? Well, I think the stress of COVID and all the ramifications of it are certainly starting to show themselves. So we understandably are a first port of call for relationship breakdown and conflict. Then uh, people are presenting with that as they ordinarily would, but with the additional layers of agitation and stress and feeling sort of trapped and suffocated. And, and I think people embraced this phase with some goodwill, a bit of an experiment, but this many months down the track, there's a lot of irritation. And of course, if your relationship's not traveling well, this just gives you a lot more fodder. So we are, um, as, as with worldwide research that says after a crisis, relationship breakdown is more likely, we are certainly seeing um, a lot of those sorts of effects starting to come through now. And of course, if you're, um, you've already been through the process of a relationship breakdown and you've separated, I can imagine that lockdown itself is very challenging. What can you do if your former partner or the father or mother of your children is not on the same wavelength as you are when it comes to COVID-19 and I'm thinking here in terms of safety precautions, who they can play with and um, interact with. What do you do if you just don't have the same level of concern? Well, look, I think it's it's incredibly challenging because this can become just another piece of evidence for the relationship breakdown. So for some people, it's it's just provided another set of reasons to demonstrate we're not getting on. You you won't respond well to anything I ask. You know you won't um, you won't engage. You know all of those sorts of things. And so I think the trouble is that then it can lead the couple, the ex couple, to butt heads in very familiar ways, and that becomes very distressing when the stakes are higher. <clears throat> so. I think that uh, what's really important is to also allow this to be different. So it's both a similar set of circumstances in terms of how you've related to each other. Um, it can be a similar battleground, but also to say there is something about COVID, there's something that's happening outside of your relationship that maybe you can draw on to get yourself out of the familiar impasses. So you know, in the in the first case, it, it can be um, really important to educate yourself. Uh, many people are very afraid around uh, COVID. And so I think educating yourself and say, well, you know, are my fears and concerns realistic? You know, what is being asked around management of children? What is fair and reasonable to ask? Just so that you're not 
you know, running in with your own anxiety, but sort of the facts stack up. And I think, I think too, to, to see whether your children can in themselves be brought into this. What's really important with co-parenting is that you don't ask your children to um, carry your anxiety for you. So if you're, you know, a bit panicked, for example, and you think your ex-partner's a bit too relaxed, um, loading your children up with the hypervigilance is, is absolutely unhelpful. Um, what you need to help them with is to translate the two parents that they have. But, but certainly what you can do is you can explain to them if they're old enough, um, look, there's many messages in the community there's people handling this in a whole variety of different ways that, um, you know, even dad or mum and I have some different views about this and this is really normal because lots of people in the community are reacting in normal ways. These are the things we definitely know. You know, for example, it's really important not to run up and hug people. It's um, important to wash your hands a lot, those sort of things. So when you're at mum or dad's place, you know, that's your job is to just keep that on track and so th those sort of things, I think, are useful without making kids um, panic too much. So I think, I think those sorts of things are really helpful. Um, and also with your partner, I think to be able to say, your ex-partner, look, I know we haven't been getting on or we don't always get on or sometimes this sort of thing would wind us up and we could have our same old arguments. Is there some way that we could put our heads together about what COVID presents and, you know, whether we could on this occasion, you know, try and have some common plans and, you know, and look to community expectations. So it's almost like standing together and turning outwards rather than turning at each other. Um, that also could be, you know, and I think if you say, look, you and I wind each other up usually or you and I don't always see eye to eye, if you actually name the problem and own your own part in it, then sometimes that can kind of soften the initial overture. I'm also wondering about families who are placed in lockdown because at any particular point there could be a lockdown in Australia. You know, we know, for example, at the moment it's Victoria. We've all been through it before. It could happen again in the future anywhere in the country. What happens to families when they're co-parenting and they're in lockdown? Yeah, I think there's been a lot of questions about this. And again, sometimes it feeds into perhaps some family law matters that are in play. And that's that's where the stakes can be very, very high because if if the couple are warring a bit and um and one says, Well, I don't I don't trust you to be managing, so I'm not gonna let the kids come to you. I guess you'd want to be really clear that you've got evidence that that's true rather than just being anxious that it's true. And I know that can be hard to tell the difference. It is a very painful time. And that's where I think checking your facts and sometimes you have to err on the side of trust just because otherwise you'll do your own head in. So first of all, you do have to check what, what are the health and, and legal sort of expectations of you continuing to do handover and in most cases, it is considered an exceptional circumstance where you do continue to do handover. If you really believe that the other house is entirely unsafe, then then obviously, and you wanted to escalate that by stopping the children going, then you probably should get some legal advice or contact 
a family relationship centre in order to get some advice as to whether that is a useful thing to do at this time. But generally, uh, making sure that you see both their parents is, um, is really important because if there is a lot of anxiety in the community and certainly a lot of conversation about death, that for younger children in particular, not seeing the other parent can also really ignite some fears about what's happened to them. Are they okay? And particularly if they're in, say, the home with one parent and the other parent is living alone, a lot of the time they could be really worried that they're lonely, let alone unwell. So it's not only around safety, it can also fuel some anxiety to not be in touch. So if there is reason to not see each other, say say your co-parents interstate and you'd normally have to fly or something like that, or the suburbs in lockdown and you've agreed not to do it, then I would still really encourage video conferencing or regular phone calls, maybe even more often than usual, if safe to do so, so that your children can keep having a reality check that everything's on track. At the beginning of this interview, you were talking about um, being educated as a parent and trying to make sure we don't pass on our anxieties to our kids. What if you are co-parenting with someone and your kids come to you and they have those heightened levels of anxiety and you know that they're getting them from your former partner? How can we handle that? Because as you mentioned, you don't want to badmouth the other parent. You want the kids to still trust them and, and be feeling safe with them. How can you talk to children about that kind of anxiety if it has been passed on to them from the other parent? Look, I think um, depending on the age of the children, what's really important is to always help your children translate their world. So they hear something, they don't know what to make of it. And in a way, you're, you're there trying to help it be digestible in some form. So if you think of it as really similar to anything they could hear at your ex-partner's house over time, to say that, um, you know, your, your job is not to fuel the panic or fuel negative things about the co-parent, but to also say, well, if this is the kind of information, how, what's my role as the receiving parent? And so I think what you can do, you know, in a way that the, the benefit of how COVID is, it's, a, it's everyone in the community is affected. So instead of making it about you and your ex, um, that your ex has wacky views in your in your opinion or whatever, to say, look, that's one of many views and let's sit down and talk about all the different views. Now, what have you heard at school and what have your teachers said and what have our neighbours said? And you know what, I ran into someone at the supermarket and they said this and Donald Trump saying that. And <laughs> so you could say, well, there's so many different opinions. Let's Let's sit down and work out what we know because it is really confusing. And you could even draw a diagram of down one end is this is all a beat up, there's no problem whatsoever, and down the other end, you know, this is the you know end of the world as we know it. And let's look at all the people. You could even do a timeline or, you know, like a let's talk about all the people and plot them on this line as to who believes what, what does grandma think, what does our neighbour think, you could plot them and say, now, where, where are we going to decide to be? Um, or, you know, and even allow it that they might be different to you. Um, so I think what you could do is make it a conversation about how you come to know your own mind. You know, as a child, this is something that as a parent, we want our children to use their own wise mind as to what 
what makes sense to them. And to say to them, look, even during COVID, that even parents can have different views because there's so many different views. And, um, and it doesn't make it right or wrong, but we've got to be really sensible and what are the facts. And so you could come down to some really basic facts like it's it's accepted by everyone that washing your hands more often is a good thing. You know, that, that kind of thing. It's accepted by everyone that hugging at this time is perhaps not a clever idea. It's accepted by everyone that a certain level of not living your normal life, being a bit more restricted is useful. You know, you could distill it down to a few facts that that's probably even someone who's feeling bolshy um, can agree with. Do you have any advice for people who are co-parenting through the pandemic? Look, I think um, I think the things that, that I would say are the things that are, you know, really hard to do for a couple who are, in pain and still trying to work their separation out. But I, so I guess what I would say is that when anxiety is high for everyone, the best thing that, that children need is to see their parents on the same page as much as possible. Now, that can mean just not acting out your differences in front of them. But for children in, in anxious times, they, they need to feel that their world is as safe as possible. So to feel that their parents are... Um, on the face of it, amicable and able to not cause trouble at handover or not have late night shouting phone calls or kids always know what's going on, even if you think they don't. So um, this is a time to not let COVID become more fodder for arguments um, because it is a whole community problem. You can, um, it may end up being enacted between the two of you, but it doesn't need to be. And there are talks about life and death matters. So children are afraid. So it's really important that you try and stay calm and, and give the impression of being amicable and come up with some basic agreements that you can fit in with and make sure your children feel well connected to you both. These are these are the best things for separation, not just during COVID, but COVID's going to require extra efforts to make sure that you stick to those sorts of things. So that's where your children will travel the best. And if you focus on what do our kids need from us at this time, then that might give you a good core from which to work. Elizabeth, thank you so much for your time today. Thanks, Siobhan. That's Elizabeth Shaw. She's the CEO of Relationships Australia, New South Wales. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you, so if you'd like to get in touch, Email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.